everybody else. Show me the money. What can I do for you, Rod? You just tell me what can I do for you. Very personal. Very important. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> And I think it's quite obvious why we're playing that song right now. We're going to get into it as we are live, back in action, blasting through your speakers on Anchor Radio. This is the 33 Podcast, presented by the Sports Column. My name is Jason Fearman. You can find our show on Twitter at 3rd and 3 Podcast, along with our individual handles on the page. And by our, I mean the glue that keeps this show together as we introduce a team Ladies first, as Tricky Nikki once again graces us with our presence and our sports trivia trickery. What's up, Nikki? How you doing? Hi, guys. I am good. I'm Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. We are back. We had a week off. You know, everybody's got uh, a little time. We got things to do. But here we are back for you this weekend. And, of course, our team would not be complete without our head coach, the real deal. Mr. Damian Adams, how we doing, bro? Doing great, man. Love the intro. You know, it's all about getting that paper. Oh, yes, we are going to get to that. There is no doubt. Uh, Somebody made a whole lot of money, and that could lead to somebody else making a lot of money, and we're going to get through it. So uh, before we do begin, the three of us want to give a huge shout-out to Alexander George, who is like Twitter friend number one over here. He... He's a big reason why Nikki, Damien, and myself actually started this podcast together as we play in the same fantasy football leagues and other fantasy type of games. Alex is a huge supporter of us, and we support him as well. Alex, we appreciate you, bro. We just wanted to say that, man. Really, thanks a lot for everything that you do. Guys, uh, the NBA, the quote-unquote bubble in Disney, Orlando, is not exactly the happiest place on earth with COVID cases rising and players opting not to even go to Florida to conclude the season, uh, which is set to return July 30th. Baseball going to give it a go and try to play a fraction of a season like the NBA and players are also choosing not to play big time players as well. And they're scheduled on opening night to go July 23rd and uh, opening day is officially on the 24th, the NFL appears a little less prepared than we thought. They did get rid of a couple of preseason games as well as the Hall of Fame game. So, uh, you know, they recently cut back on that due to COVID, and that's going to be another tough one. So, again, before we officially really start the show, I have a little rant to go on, and I'm not going to go crazy over here, but I do just want to speak as teams begin and have already reported to camp in different organizations. Uh, we're seeing a significant number in the rise of COVID cases, and we all knew that was going to happen. So, all right, this, this show's us that the pandemic is really still out there big time. It's still very real cases in Florida where I live, where Damien's at, Arizona, places like Texas. Basically half the United States is skyrocketing with the coronavirus. And this is happening because people are not listening and businesses are not following the proper guidelines. I don't want to go on and on, but the longer people choose to remain ignorant or have that I don't give a damn attitude about this, the longer and more cases will evolve. And we know what we're supposed to do. All right. We know the idea behind this whole thing. We should wear our masks. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to stay away from people, not get into big crowds. 
Don't be ignorant. And this effect will not just save your own life, but other people's lives, getting sick, whatever it is. We need to have some patience. All right, sports, as much as I love it, we love it. We all love it. That's why we do this show. It's not an essential business, and the fans' entertainment doesn't outweigh the players' health. Along with the coaches, the entire staff, including the cleanup crew, concession stand workers, players, excuse me, uh, people waiting online, uh, just using public bathrooms, the ushers, the parking lot attendants. I can go on forever, all right? It puts anyone working in that environment at greater risk to contract this disease, and that's not what we want. So wear the damn mask when you're in public and have a little heart by practicing social distancing. This thing is not over and it's far from over, and we have to stop treating it like we could just go on about our lives normally. No, we have to be cognizant of what is happening or this disease will never go away, which leads me, guys, to my unpopular opinion and my question to you. The unpopular opinion is, and again, this is only really coming from the heart, I don't think that they should play sports really at all this season. They can try, but I really don't even think they should bother. The NFL should put this off as long as they possibly can and change the season around if they have to. I'm not even talking about the amount of games. Just move it back. Start in November if you have to. We're nowhere near a vaccine. What will the NBA and MLB do and other pro sports when a bunch of players are coming back with positive tests? Starting the season, in all likelihood, guys, is going to end the season, and it's just a matter of time before that happens. We've been dealing without sports for four months now, and I think this country can deal with the sports, pro or college, for another four months, if we have to, if that's what it takes. To me, it's health over entertainment, and I'm not belittling anybody who does want the entertainment and has good reason for it. That's fine. I'm just going from that side. Look, the NCAA already is looking into just conference schedule-only play. I don't know how much that will help, but the Ivy League has altogether shut down fall sports coming up in a few months over here. So, look, I just ranted and raved, and with all that being said, I would love to hear your guys' opinion before we get into the other topics of the day, which hopefully will be a lot more fun than this, obviously, but I I just need to know what you guys are thinking because we haven't necessarily gone over it too much Damien, if you don't mind, after what I just said, your own thoughts and things that are going on and listening to the media and whatnot, where do you stand on this whole thing right now? I definitely understand where you're coming from because you want everybody to be safe. You want to protect as many people as possible. So I get that. But with saying that, we know we shouldn't do sports until when? Like, when would we go about doing sports if we're waiting for the right time. I don't think there'll be a right time until there's a vaccine and there's no timetable on that. So if we're waiting for a vaccine, you could be asking people to put their careers on hold for years possibly. If we're waiting for a vaccine or we're waiting for something to come across to where we know that people are safe beyond a doubt. Now, I do think that it's on the leagues to do a good job of putting these players in the best position to be safe. I do think the NBA has been the right way when it comes to their testing protocols and their bubble, and they've done a good job of trying to make sure these players are in the best position to be safe when playing. So if, they're, if the leagues are able to do that, then I'm good with them playing. I'm good with them playing with no fans, keeping it safe. But as far as, like, say, football, for 
because there's so many people. Right? You have not only a three man roster, you have deep coaching staff. It's approximately on the sideline, you've got almost 100 people, 13. So it's going to be very hard to keep that many people safe. So that's going to be very interesting to see how they can do it. They've had the most time to think of a plan, and we haven't really heard a plan from them yet. Right. So I, I would be concerned about the NFL. I think the NBA has done a great job of setting an example of what other sports can do. Even Major League Soccer has been able to start and they had games last week. So I think that if you can do it in a safe way, and safety is most important, but I don't think we should just put everything on hold and just stop life because of what's going on. Because you don't want to live in fear, but you also want to be safe. So I understand both sides of it, but if we just stop sports waiting for a vaccine, we may not get sports until we don't know when. Sure. So I'm behind doing sports as long as it's in a safe way. And that's the thing. It's what is the safest way, and we're not going to start breaking that down now on the show before I get to Nikki over here. And that's the thing. I know the leagues are going to try to do it the safest way possible, you know, whether it's with the bubble. You're right. The NFL, that's my thing with them. I wish that they would push the season back, not just – I mean, look, I want them to have a season, of course, like everybody else. So I kind of just wish that they would put it on hold and push it back a month or two. And you're right. We don't know when exactly, but at some point things are going to get better. We're going to figure things out. And how long is that going to take? I don't know. So, again, you make a lot of great points. And, again, you're not wrong. This is more of an opinion type of thing. And you make a lot of valid arguments. So, Nikki, uh, Nikki, I'd really love to hear what you say on this. Yeah. So, I mean, of course, I think everybody is in the camp of do it, but do it safely. So, I just kind of got to backtrack a little bit, guys. I, I know you guys are living in, like, uh, both your states are skyrocketing. So, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, I'm a proud Jerseyan. Um, shout out to the tri-state area and our governors, no matter what you think. Um, they've really done a fantastic job of flattening this curve um, and kind of making sure that we just are, are super, super safe. Look, it's annoying. Do you want to wear your mask all day, every day if you're running around? No, you don't. But guess what? I personally know people who contracted COVID-19 and they were in the hospital for weeks. Um, and those people, those nurses, those doctors are wearing a mask for hours on end, making sure that they save lives. So you know what? Wear your mask. Little, little public service announcement. You're running to the store. Please just wear your mask. That's all we're asking. Um, and I kind of look at this from a different perspective. So I also coach cheerleading. And I cannot tell you the mess that it has been trying to figure out youth football and youth cheerleading for the season. They have listed football and cheerleading as high risk. Um, the kids are to have staggered practice times. They don't think they want to do um, games where we're traveling. There's probably no cheer competition. If they do, the girls and the players have to have temperature checks. So what happens if a girl has a fever? Does she just get pulled off the mat and your routine just goes to hell? Okay. Um, The logistics for this is insane. We're talking 
like you guys said, you have the announcer, the refs, the concession stand, the parents, the kids have to wear masks all throughout practice. So I, I'm kind of in the same camp. Like at this point, I don't even want to coach because it's just like, is this safe? It's all on the coaches for us to recognize the symptoms of COVID-19. I am not a health professional. Okay. I'm a project manager. I, <laughs> so I do not want to be responsible for recognizing the signs of COVID-19. I coach eight-year-old, nine-year-old, 10-year-old girls, okay? Um, and with that, it's also on the coaches to provide a plan to safely transport an infected person to a healthcare facility. So there is so much going into this. I have been on so many calls, text messages, trying to figure out the best way. And I gotta tell you guys, like, it is tough. It is really, really, really tough. And on a youth level, I just don't know if it's even worth it at this point. So I agree. It seems like the NBA has kind of figured it out. I'm concerned that the NFL just appears to be like business as usual. We haven't heard a plan. and We're at the middle of July. Um, so uh, I'm concerned. I am really, really concerned all around for sports this season. Well, I think that's really well said. And, Damien, I want to get a last thought from you. And there's just two points I want to bring out. Nikki brought a lot of excellent points right there. And I, as well, am, you know, I'm an educator and I coach uh, PE. You know, I teach PE and I also participate in the coaching of football and basketball. And it's very difficult, like you said, to get to even want parents to have their, their children to come participate and come back yeah. and play sports. So that's a big one right there. And the big thing is woulda, shoulda, coulda. But like you said, in the Northeastern states, you guys did it the right way because you were affected so hard in the beginning. And maybe other states like where I live and where Damien lives took it a little bit more nonchalantly. So we should have done it right in the beginning, but there's nothing we can do about that now. And my whole point is about waiting in teams, uh, you know, coming back with all these positive tests. I think it was the Dallas uh, FC club, I'm not sure, in, in MLS that – the entire team opted out of playing this season because they came down with about 12 cases, 14 cases on the entire team. So a lot of it, yes, does depend what area you live in, but it's just so scary out there. And again, my whole thing is health over entertainment. And I get Damien, not that you're saying anything different. I know that you're all about the health too. And, and your points are very valid. It's just, you're right, man, a matter of when, where, and how. So, Damien, if you had any closing thoughts on that, we'll uh, we'll continue to move on after that. Oh, yeah, you know, you guys make some great points, especially when it comes to youth sports. I don't think youth sports is going to happen because they don't have the resources that professional sports have. So with professional sports, they have the resources to do this in a way right. like the NBA is doing, like the MLS is doing, to make it as safe as possible. So with professional sports, I don't think it happened. I don't think college sports should happen, right? Because these kids aren't getting paid to take any type of risk like professional athletes are. Yep. For professional athletes, I think it happened. But anything below that, I don't think it should happen until we know we're absolutely positively safe. Yep, that's the thing. And college campuses, there's a lot of students there as well. So, you know, again, it's just, it's it's a big mess and we should have done better. And from here on out, we need to keep doing a lot better. So, all right, good conversation, guys, on that um, one that I think that we needed to have over here on the show. But let's get into some other stuff. Uh, we have a lot of fun stuff for you guys again today. Matt Player Player is going to be a live events theme. We got Knowledge with Nikki. We're going to do a, a Peyton Manning, Tom Brady debate 
which hasn't been done in a while. But we're going to get a little bit deeper into that. You know, more likely to happen. We got a little bit of getting hired, baby, unpopular opinion, dinner fight club. So whole bunch of stuff. But let's kick it off at the AFC West. Uh, excuse me. Let's kick it off at the uh, contracts. I apologize before we get into the rankings. First, while we played money, money, money to begin with <laughs> and all that, Patrick Mahomes, look, this guy took a pay cut making $503 million over the next 10 years with the Chiefs. This is the largest contract in sports history. He's guaranteed $140 million no matter what. So even if Mahomes uh, doesn't go the full term on his new deal and whatnot, the Chiefs, he's still going to get this guaranteed money. Was it smart for the Chiefs organization to do this now? Was it smart for Mahomes to do this now? How do you guys feel about the amount of money he'll be receiving, plus the impact on other players, especially quarterbacks, maybe one in particular, Dak Prescott? So taking this whole contract and checking it out and seeing that, yeah, Mahomes is going to be a chief for life, or at least that's the plan from here on out, Damian. What do you make of all this, man? I think it's a great contract on both sides. Kansas City has recognized that they have a one-and-eight-generation type talent in Mahomes, and they took care of him, right? And you had situations where we've had quarterbacks or if it's a small forward or if it's a first baseman where we know that talent is top-notch, but they have trouble getting top-notch money because the organization is still going business first. And if you have this talent, no matter how much you sign them for, that talent's going to make you that money back hand over fist. And with Mahomes, that's what the Chiefs recognize. No matter how much we sign him for, he's going to make us his money back 10 times over. Mm. And because of that, you're going to have the financial gain from having a player like that. And also now, you know, your team's going to be in contention for Super Bowls for the next 12 years. And, you know, just giving him a decent defense, you know you're going to be in contention because of his talent. And you give him, you know, a few weapons, that team's going to be ready to go. You can't put a price on that. So when you think about the fact that both he's going to be secure and now that the Chiefs have that part locked down when it comes to team building, I think both sides handled it very well. And I think it's a, a great deal on both ends. Yeah, man. You know, so a lot of a lot of the money is back ended. So yes, he's getting that guaranteed one forty. A lot of it is back ended, which gives him room to you know maybe play around a little bit with this contract, like they had done often with plenty of other quarterbacks. Tom Brady is one famous example. But yeah, a lot of money. But you know, we're going to see in the next five years that players are going to make even more money. I don't know if this does anything to help Dak Prescott's cause. We all know that he's certainly not Patrick Mahomes. But yeah, this look, this is a great move. Patrick Mahomes has been in the league for three years. He's really only played two, won the MVP, won the Super Bowl and the MVP, much to my demise. And he's proven already everything that you can do. It's just let the man please stay healthy, you know, for Kansas City and football's sake. And yeah, he's worth every penny of that, even though, again, I don't think that anybody should make that kind of money. It's insane. But if anybody's worth it, it's him, Nikki. Money Mahomes, he <laughs> got paid. He got paid. But you know what? He's worth it. Damien, you're right. If that return on investment, they know they're getting a return on their investment. So pay the man. Dak Prescott, you are not Patrick Mahomes. Dallas, 
to please. I can't. If this team could do something, then maybe you would get paid. But stop pissing and moaning about it. Go win a Super Bowl, Dak. Go do something, okay? No, I don't want to hear it. He is a once-in-a-lifetime talent. Look, this is how all companies should run, right? And they basically do. Your top producers, they get paid. You take care of them because you're, you know, you exactly, you're going to make your return on investment. So I'm happy for the kid. I can't wait to see this division play out. And you know what, Dak, I don't know how you can sit here and keep asking for more money to me. That He still has a lot to prove. Oh, sure he does. Yeah, he only won one playoff game with a team like that, you know, built around him. But the offensive line, one of the best running backs in the game. Been given wide receivers better than a decent defense. Yeah, no doubt with Dak on that. So, look, we all can agree. Patrick Mahomes, he, he's the best player in football. And Could you guys imagine making that kind of money, though? Like, uh, oh, my God. can only imagine. I mean, geez. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm a very charitable person, so it would be very easy to be charitable with that. But I would take home a large sum of money and be very happy. <laughs> God. Yeah, not that. Two weeks. It's just yeah, crazy. Right? Like, um, it's crazy to wrap your head around it. That every every time that guy takes a snap in the NFL, that's basically like my year's salary. You know, for about the next ten years, it's really sick. It, I mean, it's, it's sick. Unreal. It's sick, yeah. Stupid money, but you know what? He's worth it. I think we can all agree on that. I mean, do you guys think Dak deserves a big contract? Not like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good question. Yeah. I think with Dak, he he has played it well enough to get a longer term deal, like four years, five years. I know I think he wants a four year deal. But for him, this deal shouldn't affect his negotiations at all. Right? Because this is an unprecedented deal for someone who's gonna be the face of the NFL right. for the next two years. So with Nick Prescott, you are a good quarterback who's gonna be a face of the Dallas Cowboys. There's a difference between being a face of a franchise and being a face of the league. Yeah. So for Dak Prescott, he should be looking for his deal and his market. You know, if he wants 35 mil a year, I can I can see that. But once you get up to the 40 mil range, that's, that's a different type of range right there. 45 mil a year for Mahomes is well worth it. To say that you're at 40 mil, only five below Mahomes, I don't think he should utter those words. It, yeah, I mean, really. I mean, it, especially, you know, what? If, if we were to do like a top 10 quarterback ranking list right now, I, you know, Dak, maybe he's in the top 10, but maybe he's like 10, you know. So if you even take it from that reality, you know, let's get real over here. So Mahomes, number one, getting paid all this dough. And look, again, if he stays healthy, we're going to see a lot of things. People are already trying to say that, you know, they could be a dynasty compared to the Patriots. Let time tell on that one. Let him stay healthy. He's a young man. Long way to go, but the key is to keep very good to great players around him because nobody can really do it by themselves, especially in the NFL. I don't care how great of a quarterback you are. Aaron Rodgers, one Super Bowl. Dan Marino, no Super Bowls. So that tells you all you need to know right there. You got to have a better team. So we go to one guy who's making a whole bunch of money, who's been in the league for you know a few years right now, and he deserves it, to another guy who's been in the league for, what, almost 10 years 
also has won an MVP, did go to the Super Bowl, did not win it necessarily. But Cam Newton to the New England Patriots, and a lot of us talked about that earlier, but here's the thing, only getting a one-year contract, more or less an incentive-laden deal where he can make he can make up to about $7 million, I think $7.5 million if he hits every tier, which is going to be nearly impossible. So his base salary is just over a million dollars with a guaranteed of 550000 This is Cam Newton we're talking about. Wow, <laughs> you know? I didn't know the details, so I'm glad you're... Yeah. Wow, okay. <laughs> and this is like really sick. This is Cam Newton. You know, I mean, you know, the guy is yeah. great. And this is all based off of the injury and not being able to see him for the past year. So I get that, but again, that's crazy. So once again, New England, the Patriots, you know, they, they find gold, you know, it's, it's just unbelievable. And can, I can only imagine him doing great things. I think that he's the favorite to be the starter, especially when he got Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer uh, being in the quarterback room with him <laughs> and under center. So if Cam is healthy and he looks ready to go day one, whenever that is, Damien, he's your starting quarterback, and that might have changed the dynamic of what we did when we did our uh, our uh, AFC East rankings. Oh, it definitely changed the dynamic of that, right? Because I said when we did the rankings, I was like, I ranked the Patriots fourth at QB because I know nothing about Jared Stedham. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we know Cam Newton. It, it, it definitely changes that because we know Cam Newton, Cam Newton when healthy, is dynamic. Right, and that's a word that's used too much. But when you talk about Cam Newton, it's a perfect word, right? Because not only does he bring you, you know, a big time arm and can change the field that way, but he also brings you the most effective third and short weapon in history, right? The quarterback, yeah, is the most is in history. It's the most effective third and short weapon. So when you think about somebody with that type of ability and his size, right? Like there was a video of him standing next to Muhammad Sanu. Right, Muhammad's new 6'4". Right. Like, no small dude. Standing next to Cam Newton, he looked like he was a kid asking for candy. <laughs> <laughs> so you think about Cam Newton and like, what he brings as far as his ability. And the Patriots, what they bring with their ability to be able to bring the best out of players and adjust to their personnel. Yes. I'm so excited to see what happens with this. And I know some people say that Cam Newton has to compete for the job. If Cam Newton's healthy, it's Cam Newton's job. Yeah. Let's around and act like Jared Stenham has a chance in that conversation. Come on. Exactly right. (laughs) Cam Newton healthy, he has the job. And now you get to see what Josh McDaniel can do with that type of weapon. Remember, McDaniel did great things with Tim Tebow. Yep. So imagine yep. what he can do with Cam Newton. I'm so excited for this marriage here. Um, speaking of the deal, I, I do feel bad that Cam Newton had to settle for such a a deal that's below someone of his caliber. Yeah. New England played very smart. They waited. They knew, like, okay, looks like we're the only ones who are going to offer him a deal. But he'll have to take this. Hopefully, he gets to prove himself on his one-year deal and then re-up and get what he truly deserves for his talent. But I'm so excited for this season. Hopefully, we have it so we can see what Canute can do in that system. No doubt. No doubt. It really is. It makes everything so much more exciting. It does. And if we just knew that the NFL was starting on time and we've been having our training camp coming up and preseason games and whatnot, it makes it that much more exciting. But uh, we just need to make sure we got the NFL. And yeah, that's the one big thing that you said about that, Damien, is Josh McDaniels. He is 
it's not just him and Tom Brady. McDaniels is a very creative offensive coordinator, and that's why they had him there and have him there for a long time and has been interviewed for head coaching positions for the past five, six, seven years already. So I think that he could do great things with Cam Newton. And, uh, I'm, you know, I'm not going to call him um, – uh, what's his name? Oh, God, his offensive coordinator, North Turner from Carolina, when he was having that great year a couple of years ago. But I think they can do really great things, Nikki, uh, before we go to our quick commercial break over here. Love to think uh, how you feel Cam Newton fits into that system and what that does to the AFC East. No, I'm excited. I, I can't wait because this is a win-win. Like, if this is not the Patriot way, like, in a microcosm, I don't know what is. It's a win-win for them. But I can't wait for Cam Newton's press conferences, right? Because he's so flat. He's so flamboyant, <laughs> right? He dresses the best, okay? can't even – it's like must-see TV, and then you got Belichick, like, around Cincinnati. Like, I can't wait to see how he fits in with the – what I'm looking forward to. Um, but, yeah, no, I think this is a win-win. I feel the deal probably a little insulting for Cam, but he is coming off the injury. This is how the Patriots do it. My God, do they just get a weapon. And, yes, we should redo an AFC wrap-up ranking because that just changed everything. And Bill Belichick just checkmated that entire division. So He really did. Unbelievable. They do what they do. The New England Patriots, they just – oh, they find a way. And you were talking about them, you know, being the worst in the division possibly. And here comes Cam Newton, Cam Newton to say that he really is Superman. <laughs> He really is Superman. Just unbelievable. So, yeah, this is very, very interesting. And it is ironic that we're doing the AFC West rankings coming up here in uh, in just a minute because Patrick Mahomes and talking about his deals. So we're going to see how Kansas City, the defending Super Bowl champions, stack up against the rest of the AFC West. Nikki, Damian, and Jason, we're coming back. Third and three podcasts presented by the Sports Column. Guys, we'll be right back. Hang on in there. Yeah. As for sup, we're talking third and three podcast over here. We're talking money, money, money right now. Damien's in the house. Nikki's in the house. I'm in the house. Jason at Sports Profit. One over here. Damien, where are you at? Good to go, man. Right, the real deal, WDA and Nikki Nick 9384 Twitter and follow us at third and three podcast. The end is just add, not like that ampersand thing we got. So it's all about the Benjamins, it's all about the money. I don't know, we're gonna have to start naming it something new than all about the Benjamins. Who's on the thousand dollar bill? We gotta look that up. Or like we gotta make a million dollar bill now for these players. All right. We have to start putting crazy faces up there. Right, <laughs> Jeff Bezos, you know somebody like that. I don't know Gates. I don't know people make all this damn money, man. Forget about it. Unbelievable. So God bless him. Make your money. Go for it. All right, this show rocking and rolling. Here we go. Thirty-three podcast AFC West rankings. We've been talking about Pat Mahomes, talking about the Kansas City Chiefs won the damn Super Bowl over my Niners. So we got the Chiefs. We got the Chargers. We got the Raiders. And we got the Denver Broncos. So we're going to start with the quarterbacks first. Nikki, how about you take it away? Um, well, gee, where do you think we went first? Yeah, right. First, Money Mahomes. I don't even think there's anything left to be said about that, right? I'm sure he's number one for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
gosh, I just wrote Money Mahomes moving on. So enough said right there. Um, so I, I don't really know where to go two and three here. I'm a little bit torn. Um, maybe after I hear you guys, it'll push me one way or the other. But for right now, I have Derek Carr at two. I mean, he has okay. going over 4,000 yards the past two seasons. I know the scoring hasn't come with the yardage, um, but I think that they're going to improve a little bit this year with their wide receivers. So we're going to wait and see, I think, with them. And, you know, I have my sleeper pick here, the Broncos, for Drew Locke. I mean, all right, he took over. He went took them, what, 4-1? and one. So I think it's only going to get better. Um, like I said, I think they have sleeper written all over them, but I think they're out of a more wait-and-see than the Raiders are. I feel like we kind of know what we're getting with them. Um, and I don't know, what are the Chargers doing? Are we going Tyrod Taylor? Are we doing Justin Herbert? I I don't know. I think because they have such a big question mark over them, I put them at four because we're just not quite sure what we're going to get there. Uh, I think that's very well, you know, it's well said. That's a good argument right there, and that makes sense. You know, I know that you hesitant on Derek Carr too, but you make a good argument for it, and yeah, it's kind of tough. We all know Pat Mahomes number one, so we can save our breath on that, Damien. But the other three, yeah, it does get kind of tricky, man. So what do you think? Yeah, like you guys said, Mahomes number one. Number two, I'm going with a surprise. I'm going with Drew Block with the Denver number two. Interesting. Uh, I love what I saw last year. I love that they had him on the sideline singing Young Jeezy. You knew every word. That goes a long way with me. So I think that that's definitely going to uh, help him out in the future. And I love a quarterback with a big arm that's not scared. I think Drew Locke definitely personifies that. Uh, with a third QB, I went with Tyrod Taylor uh, because we've seen him bring a team to the playoffs. We know that he's somebody who's very good when it comes to touchdown versus interception ratio. And even though he's not going to take big chances, he's someone who's not scared to go downfield. And with Derek Carr, the reason I got him fourth is that he's so scared to go down the field. And you have the backup in Mariota, who's even more scared to go down the field. <laughs> so if you get tired of Derek Carr, you go to Mariota, nothing changes as far as that aspect. And then if you get tired of them, you got Nathan Peterman. So for that for that quarterback room, period, I had to put them forth with that combination of uh, a lack of talent, in my opinion. So I went Mahomes, of course, Denver. Yeah, that's very interesting also because, you know, t- talking about guys who can't throw down the field and then you go in and draft a guy like, you know, Henry Ruggs. So what's that worth to you if he's going to be bolting down the field and you can't even reach him? So that might be a tough one, and we'll talk about him in a, in a few minutes over here. But uh, sticking with the quarterbacks, yeah, it's tough. Uh, all three of us went in a different direction. Obviously, Pat Holmes is one. We know that. But two, I went Tyrod Taylor, and I think it's because I've seen him play. I've seen – I know what he's about. I know what I'm getting from him. And like you said, he's not going to turn the ball over. He's not going to wow you with numbers. But if you have a good team around, you can let the other guys do the work for you. You have Keenan Allen. You got Austin Eckler. You know, you got other guys on offense, Mike Williams, who can play ball. So, you know, even a Hunter Henry. So I'm looking for him to get the ball into their hands and let them do the work. And Tyrod Taylor can get you a third and four with his legs. I like what he does. And the Chargers, I think, are a better team than what they were presented by last year by the lack of play or the lack of good play, I should say, by Phillip Rivers. So 
I watch out for the Chargers, interestingly enough, this year. And I think Tyrod Taylor could have a big reason to do with that, you know, being labeled a game manager. I get it. But I like what he does as a game manager. So third, I went Derek Carr with the Las Vegas Raiders now. And that's because I do like his talent a lot. I really do. They really have never given him much really to work with with the Raiders. You know, no no big-time players that you can really rely on. Now, he's got a running game. You know, we'll see what he can do with Ruggs, even though Ruggs is supposed to be more of, you know, that, you know, short tree uh, branch type player where, you know, he's only got a few routes. We'll see who else can step up. Uh, we'll talk about the wide receivers, obviously, in a little bit. But I like his talent. And Drew Locke, it's not that I don't like him, even though I have him at fourth with the Broncos. It's just that I need to see a little bit more. So I think people jumped on him quick, even though I like what I saw. I got to see more. So for me, again, Pat Mahomes, Tyrod Taylor, I'm confident in what he can do. And then there's Derek Carr and Drew Locke, who can almost be a little bit interchangeable for me. But again, I've seen more of what Carr can do. And if his weapons are better this year, then I expect him and the Raiders to even have a better year, guys. So, yeah, we all went in a, in a different direction on that one. So very interesting. Yeah. Well, not with Pat Mahomes. Not with Pat Mahomes. That's no. for sure. No. So uh, for our running backs over here, Damien, uh, why don't you start us off, bro? So with the running backs, I got to go with Denver to start. You got Melvin Gordon, who, when healthy, is a very, very good back. Philip Lindsay, very, very good back. You also got Freeman there. So you got three backs you can depend on mm. in Denver. So I'm with Denver one. Two, I went with Vegas. I really like Josh Jacobs a lot. Um, he showed a lot last year, just his rookie year. So he's only going to get better and get more reps if that offense does improve vertically with rugs and with them throwing down the field, which I still don't believe in, but if it does happen, it will help him out. Um, third, I went with Kansas City, like Damian Williams, like the rookie at LSU, and Edward Tillar. So I do I do like what Kansas City is able to bring, but they just don't use their running backs as much. And fourth, I got the Chargers and Austin Eckler. Nothing against him. I just think out of this group, he's fourth. Very interesting right there. Yeah, this is, guys, I found this one to be very tough because, you know, there are teams where you have depth and there are teams where you have maybe one guy who really stands out. So this was a really tough list for me to make. Nikki, I'm going to I'm gonna take it and I'll throw it to you from there. I actually went with the Chiefs one. Now, they're not the greatest running, yeah, they're not the greatest running team. <laughs> I, I understand they're not the greatest running team. I do get it. But what I see out of Damian Williams and the way he's used and the way I believe that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, is going to come in and, bread, and bring that extra added element into it. They're a passing team. And whether it's screens or whether, you know, if, even if they get eight to ten carries a game, it doesn't really matter to me. It matters how you use them. So the way that they're using that offense under Andy Reid, I'm going with the Chiefs number one. I know that was a, that's kind of a surprise. Number two and three, I flip flop back and forth. I even flip with number one a little bit. But ultimately, I had to go with Denver because of the depth. Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, like you said, Damian, they got a bunch of guys right there who can get the job done. And now we'll get into their wide receivers in a bit. Talked about Drew Locke, so there's a lot of potential there with those guys. Josh Jacobs, I wanted to put him in there because he's one of those solo guys who can really do it all. He's got Jalen Richard backing him up, you know, and a couple other players over there, so I get all that. But 
Josh Jacobs, man, he's a one-man show. So as much as I, I feel like he's probably the best out of the entire group, I had to put him uh, and that team third on the list overall. And again, nothing against Auckland Eckler or Austin Eckler or Justin Jackson, but I don't see much out of them in this offense. I haven't seen enough. I like Eckler. Uh, yeah, he does come out of the backfield more than not a great running team, even though I was talking about Kansas City using their uh, backs in a different way. But out of all the groups, I would find them last. And really, that's not a knock. I still think that the Chargers do have a good backfield. But I think that this division right here has a lot of great backs. So I think that we're in for a really interesting year with this division. And we'll get into it even more, Nikki. But uh, time to hear what you got to say with the running backs. between one and two. You'd probably flip between all of them, actually. Um, but I did go with the Broncos number one, probably top to bottom. They've got the best trio here, especially with Gordon. Um, I feel like their O-line, the play is a little inconsistent, but I think that probably gets fixed this year. So two, I went with the Raiders, Josh Jacobs. Um, yeah, this kid was like had an amazing year last year. He's the best weapon on this team. Um, and they kept, he alone kept them in the playoff race like right like late into the season so yeah but again the issue there is the one-man show three yeah i have the chiefs three same there um just uh, based on the just don't really use them a lot so i think it is going to come down to how are they going to get used and then four yep i have eckler um i don't know do you now he's the lead rusher do we think he's like main back material we feel like we're kind of wait and see with them so that's where i'm at yeah, he's, uh, again, we're, we all are all over the place on that one. You, you guys have me rethinking my Chiefs a little bit, number one. You made some really good points with that. So that's the only thing I might fall back on a little bit. You know, <laughs> Denver may have the number one. And again, yeah, the Josh Jacobs thing, you know, I just wish that – I hate to say this, Jalen Richard. He is a good player, but they don't have enough there. But uh, the one thing we all did agree on is that, uh, you know, the Chargers being last with the running backs. All right, the wide receivers. Um, Nikki, you haven't gone first yet on this one. So uh, why, don't, why don't you – no. Did, Nikki, did you do the quarterbacks first? I'm sorry. Or did yeah, Damian. Yeah, Damian. All right, I apologize. Damian, you got the wide receivers, bro. Okay. So first you got to go Kansas City. Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Robinson, just speed. I say that they're not just fast, but they're fast. <laughs> yeah, you, have to, you have to say it like that when you talk about Kansas City. Yeah, sound effect in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got to make it sound fast when you say it. Um, second, I got the Chargers. Keenan Allen, Williams, so dynamic. Keenan Allen, I have a man crush on his wages that he runs routes. <laughs> he runs routes. It's so good. Yeah, I love the way he runs routes. Um, third, I got Denver. I think that Jared Judy... I love what he did in college. He is very pro-ready. I think he'll come in right away and have an impact. Portland Sutton, they have weapons there for luck. In fourth, I got Vegas with Tyrell Williams, who I like a lot. Um, Ruggs, I made the famous prediction on this show that he might be Darius Hayward Bay. Hopefully I'm wrong, but <laughs> I have them fourth because of that. So I got Kansas City, the Chargers, Denver, and Vegas. All right. All right. There you go. Okay. I like it. I like it. Nikki. What are your thoughts? I actually have the same exact list as Damien. Of course, I have the Chiefs one because, I mean, God, they're just, like, unstoppable. I mean, fast. They really, really are. Um, when Mahomes is targeting um, Hardman, he's damn near perfect passer rating. I mean, this, I don't know. I feel bad for the rest of 
Christmas division. I really do. <laughs> yeah, Chargers, Keenan Allen. I mean, was he not the one that got away from the Raiders? Oh, they had, what, how many chances to draft him? Three? And they just didn't? Like, oh, my God. <laughs> we messed that one up. So, yeah, I think that, obviously, they're going to their and Broncos got a good team there, so we're going three. Um, and then four, yeah, Henry Riggs is the only team in the division that has a rookie to be the number one receiver. So, again, just based on wait and see, um, yeah, they're four. Well, guys, uh, we never really agree on these rankings, so. Nope. No, but, but we. We don't lead today and right now. Yep, this time we do. This Yay! time we do. So you're gonna save me a lot of uh you're gonna save me a lot of air air right now. I'm not gonna have to go into it. You already said it. How are you gonna stop Kansas City? I don't know. This team is gonna be a juggernaut. So I have them one in everything. Quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers, even though running backs are a little shaky. Two, yep, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry. Love what I see out of that. Um, I did debate a little bit for a while with the Raiders. I wasn't sure because they do have a lot of depth, but not a lot of great players. Obviously, we're talking about Nelson Aguilar and Zay Jones and Hunter Renfro and Tyrell Williams and, you know, Henry Ruggs again, like you said, hoping to be, you know, the best wide receiver in the division uh, as a rookie over there. And, you know, Darren Waller, Jason Witten, I don't know what he's going to do. He's, what, 59 years old. So, yeah, again, uh, I, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Denver definitely goes before them with Cortland Sutton. Jerry Judy, they're already talking about him like he's Jerry Rice over there with his route running and how great he is. Noah Fant, he's going to have a bigger year. And they drafted five rookie wide receivers, so you know at least one of those guys is going to come out and do something other than Judy. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that. So, yep, we're going to agree on that one. We'll agree. We're going to have to. I'm with it on that, guys. So not bad. Pretty good job. Disagreements and agreements all over the place. That's the way we do it. That's the way we do it. All right. Not good. Let's. Uh, so next week, actually, next week, we're going to do some AFC rankings. The entire conference we're going to break down and go over basically our top four the way that we've been doing. And then we're going to jump into the NFC and then go back and forth and figure out, of course, who's going to win the Super Bowl and everything. So we'll let you know ahead of time before the season starts who's going to win what and whatnot, predict all the MVPs and everything. But for now, let's jump into Mount Player Player. Nikki, yeah. what, what's our theme this time? Live events. All right. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to hear. We got a lot of good stuff going on right now. I got mine. I don't know whether compared to your guys, how good it is. But Nikki, your beautiful idea. I'd love to hear one of yours. Okay. Well, my number one is concerts. So I am so upset. I know obviously we just started the show with having to be safe, you know, safety and health over entertainment, but I am so sad that there have not been any concerts. I go to multiple concerts a year. It is one of my favorite hobbies and I usually drag my sister along with me and we just have a really good time. Mm. I mean, I have seen everybody from Britney to Janet to Tim McGraw to G Easy to Dashboard Confessional to Shine Down. I mean, you name Like, I just don't know. You know, I never saw her before. She's got a couple songs I like. Like, I don't know. 
let me tell you, she brought NetLife down. This girl knows how to put on a show. So, you know what? I mean, concerts, you're with your like-minded people. It's a good time. You're hanging out. You're having a couple drinks. You're singing along. I don't know. That's top for me. I can't, I can't argue with it there. I, concerts are on my list. You know, I may have some different bands in there, uh, some different artists and stuff like that. But concerts, uh, yeah, especially when you're going with friends. And Damien, it's, it's a great time. There's no doubt. Yeah, no, going to a concert is awesome, especially when you really know the artists and know the songs. Yeah. And you're just, yeah. yeah. By the end of the night, you have no voice because you've been singing along like they can hear you singing with them. Let me tell you something real quick. I was watching um, last week a couple of uh, videos and Michael Jackson came up. I was a huge Michael Jackson fan, but forget about it. That's the story for another day. I was him for Halloween for like four years in a row. But he was in Moscow doing this concert and some girl managed to run on stage. She was about, I don't know, maybe between 16, 18 years old. And she just grabbed him and hugged him. And he allowed that to happen for like a minute and a half straight as he was singing the song. And the way that people would faint watching him, you know, perform is like one of the most unbelievable things you can like ever imagine. So concerts, very impactful. Yes. In many, many different ways, no doubt. Damien, let me hear one of your big ones, bro. Uh, one of my big ones is a big time boxing match. Oh yeah. When you, when you go to a big time boxing match, the energy in the arena is so big that you can feel it. Like you can feel the tension in the room and it's like, it's a good tension, though. It's a tension of just people just anticipating what's going to happen. And, like, I've been to a couple of Floyd Mayweather fights. And not only is it the main event, but if you really want to get your money's worth during a boxing event, you can go at, like, noon, and that's when the boxing matches start. So if you want to go and watch boxing all day, you can go and watch boxing all day. Yeah, man. You really get the money's worth for it. And once you get to... Maybe four or five in the evening, that's when all of you know the fans start really, really coming in and watching the prelim fight. And just being there to see what happens in anticipation of the punches and being able to see somebody dodge a punch and seeing the sweet science up close is great. And then once the main event starts and the lights change and you can just you see the celebrities come in and it's such a just a great environment to be in, especially if it's a big time fight with someone like a Mayweather, who so many people love to hate. You get to feel him rooting against him, and yeah. the disappointment when he dodges a punch and hits somebody, and the oohs and the ahs, and just the, the people's emotions going back and forth in the fight. So, whenever we're able to go to events again, if you are a boxing fan and haven't been to a big time boxing match yet go it's so much fun you end up meeting people like you both like the times that i've gone i've always met somebody rooting, uh, you know against whoever i'm rooting for we become friends and we go hang out afterwards in vegas because you're just sitting there and you're having so much fun and the people are all there to have a good time so big time boxing matches are really fun event to go to yeah, no doubt and i'm a huge boxing fan i love it and you're right like you know just match you know picture like you know back in uh, high school or whatever and there was you know a fight after school or you know a street fight or something like that and you know you feel like 
you know, like the uh, tension in the air or whatever, go to a real fight and you can, like you said, man, it's just unbelievable. It's a whole different story, Nikki. It's unreal. You know, it's, it, it's amazing. So great call with that. Well, now I, now I want to go. I'm not a boxing fan, but you guys make me feel like I want <laughs> that I'm missing out and that I should go. Wait, have, how many fights have you guys ever been in? Been in? You mean personally? Uh, I would. Have you ever, like, had to, like, step to someone or, you know, handle something? I mean, I'm not saying this proudly or anything, but and I didn't grow up in like, you know, some like really bad neighborhood or anything. But where I grew up, people like to fight. So, yes, I did get into a lot of uh, one on ones, but more brawls than one on ones. But, yeah, I've had to step up for myself plenty because I was never the biggest guy. So they think that, oh, yeah, I could, you know, pick on this little guy. But little did they know the, the, the little guy knew a little karate. So, you know, when they got their leg broken <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> You never know who you're messing with. That's the thing. You really that never know. True. You just never, never know. You never know. But uh, yeah, an interesting question. Yeah, guy, you know, boys will be boys. You know, stuff does happen. So uh, that, that's definitely a good one. I like that right there. Um, yeah, let me give you one of mine. I think uh, we have time before we can hit up. Oh, yeah, we got we got a few minutes. Um, you know what? I'm Here's one of mine, and I'll give you a really quick story behind it. Going to a Major League Baseball game, but not just going to a Major League Baseball game, sitting, which I have on many occasions, sitting first row on top of the visitor's dugout. It is one of the greatest things. If you want to heckle the other team, it is fantastic. You're talking about every second. You're right on top of the dugout. You're slamming. You're calling them all sorts of terrible things based on whatever team they're on. Again, nothing, you know, nothing bad, racial, anything like that. Just, you know, making fun of them and stuff like that, having a great time and joking with them. I can remember this one time. It was really funny back in, I'm not sure what year it is, but there's actually a picture of me on ESPN. The game was on ESPN. They were playing the Cubs, the New York Mets. It was uh, back at uh, City Field. And they have a picture of me on ESPN that a couple of my friends took. So I have it anyway. Yeah, it was really cool. But uh, so the story uh, in that game, when one of the many stories I could tell a lot, but Ryan Dempster, one of the pitchers for the Cubs, he had this very awkward um, pitching delivery where he would kind of, with his glove hand, he would kind of flick it a couple of times before he would throw the ball. So I remember him coming into the dog and I'm like, dude, what is that? I'm like, where the hell did you get that thing? So, you know, I'm like, where the hell did you get that? He looks at me, he's like, I got it at Models." I'm like, what? What? <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> it took me a second to figure out that he's completely joking with me and messing with me. Like, yeah, I picked it up at Models. Like, it's a toy. I bought it at a store. So, so he was really funny. Um, I was messing with Alfonso Soriano one time. Like, had that home run look going right over your head. You know, so it's a great time being on the visitors' dugout if you love heckling the other team in a fun way, not by cursing them out. So that's one of my favorites, guys. No, that's really good. That makes me want to go to a baseball game and sit in that particular area. It's fun, man. That sounds like something that's up my alley. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. We got a few minutes, so let's see if we can get uh, one more each in. Sounds good. Uh, I guess I'll start it off. And for me, my next big one is a hockey game. 
Oh, I'm, interesting. Yeah, I'm not a big hockey fan, but when I moved out here to Arizona, my roommate at the time was a huge hockey, a huge hockey fan, and he was like, "Yeah, man." He was just watching on TV one day, and he was like, "Yeah, I got an extra tickets for a game next week if you want to go." And I was like, "All right, you know, I was like, whatever, we'll go. It's a free ticket. I'll get some beers, get drunk, whatever." We go, <laughs> and the action of a hockey game, the puck going back and forth, the nonstop action, people just coming in and out of the game. It's so fun because it's nonstop and you just have to pay attention the whole time. And when you finally get to release that tension when somebody scores, it's nuts. Like, I don't know if I'm ever going so crazy when our team scores. Like, I was, I was nice. absolutely nuts <laughs> when, we, when we finally scored. And you just, like, you get to see everything. I didn't, I didn't even know about, like, the hype, the um, icing girls who come out and save the ice. Like, there's a lot of things that go on during the hockey game and people are just so into it. And I was asking a bunch of questions because I'm not a big hockey fan. So I'm like, you know, what is this? What's going on? And learning so much. It was a great time. So hockey is a really underrated live event to go to. Nice. Nikki, I've I've never been to a hockey game before, but I've heard a lot of great things about it. Like you said, even if you're not a hockey fan, it's just really good live action. Have you been, Nikki? I have. I went to a couple uh, a couple Devils games back in the day, and I agree with you, Damien. It is if you're not if you don't follow it, it's the same thing. My friends are like, oh, we have extra tips. So you're just kind of like, all right, yeah, I'll get drunk, check it out, who cares? But once you're there, and like they're a great group of fans, like yeah, you don't know what's going on, they'll tell you. Um, but it is the atmosphere is amazing, and you know what? It does translate a lot better in person. No doubt. Very good. All right, Nikki, let's uh, let's get one of yours in quick. All right. Well, kind of on the same theme, but I have a basketball game, right? So, and but I like it on any level. I don't care if it's a college games, pro games, my nephew's friggin', you know, rec team league, whatever. I just feel like basketball at its core is a great game. Um, and it's cool if you have a short attention span like I do. It's a fast game. It's <laughs> not hard to understand. And there is just nothing like watching it in person. I think it's great on TV, too. But I prefer it in person. What's more iconic than a Knicks game, right? So Madison Square Garden. But anyway, I think at every level, that game is enjoyable to watch in person. Ah, well, there's no doubt. And Damien, yeah, you know, I've been to a few uh, games in my life, and I'm very happy to do so. But one thing about it is you realize how tall those guys are, how big they are out there really on the court. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a difference between those guys being tall and me being tall, right? Like, I'm tall at 6'2", but then you stand next to someone like a David West who's 6'10". It's a difference. Yeah. <laughs> that. But yeah, basketball is definitely something that's very, very fun to watch at any level. I definitely agree. Uh, no doubt. No doubt. And, uh, you know, we got a minute left over here. I'm going to give you guys one on the bad side, and it's not sports related. It's something that I fear. I- I'm not into anything that involves deep underwater diving or safaris or anything that can somehow kill me. The unknown. That's what I fear. I'm not... <laughs> I'm not. I'm not into you know riding around where there are lions loose and elephants loose, and I'm not into going underwater where there are sharks down there and a whale that can swallow me, and I'm like Jonah in the freaking Bible. I'm not into anything like that. I'm scared to death of these giant animals and ones that you can't speak to and say, "No, I'm a good guy. Everything's cool. I just wanted to hang out." No, you can't talk to them. They're just gonna eat you and scratch you and bite you and do whatever the hell. So. Uh, on the other side, live events. I know people enjoy that sort of stuff, and I'm cool for like skydiving. Like that's something that's pretty cool. But 
I'm not down with safaris and deep underwater stuff, man. That stuff scares the absolute hell out of you guys. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. But, yeah, no, those safari people, come on. You guys are a little woo-woo. <laughs> like, Shoosh. I'm telling you, man. Elephants, shell. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> no thanks is right. Not yeah, for me. All, all set. Not for yeah. I'll be at my basketball game. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. All right. It's a little safer that way. Jeez. Oh man. All right, guys. Uh, going up against a hard break over here. Got another quick commercial, but we'll be right back. More thirty-three podcasts. We got a lot of fun categories for you guys. Be right back. That's some hot stuff right there. You know it. Third and three podcast live back in action. Continuing. Now play a play, and we got much more to go. Let's rock and roll, man. Here we go. Nikki's in the house. Damien's in the house. I'm in the house. Third and three podcast. Shout out again to Alexander George. We appreciate you, buddy, and the sports column. Let's keep this rocking and rolling with the real deal. Damien Adams and Tricky Nikki over here. We're going to get into knowledge with Nikki in a minute or two, but we got some more live events for you. So let's keep doing it. Dame, uh, Nikki, well, then we'll go to Damien. Nikki, why don't you throw another good one at me? Live event themes we're doing now. Play a play. We gave you a few before. I gave you a negative one before because I'm scared to death of all sorts of animals that I can't speak to. So I went in that direction. I'll give you a few more after, but uh, let's see what Nikki's got up next. that's cheesy i think that's beautiful i think it's awesome you know you got family and stuff like that even if you don't have it you know you go there with friends you go by yourself whatever makes you happy damien right i think that's great yeah no that's awesome like especially when you talk about what it takes to do that well like i have a great appreciation for things that take time to do well and when it's done well so yeah i definitely love that pick no doubt. Yeah, Nikki, that, not, nothing cheesy about that at all. I'm all over it. I'm all about it. I like it a lot. I like it. Damien, what you got, bro? I love stand-up comedy. Woo, a good am, one. Yes. I am a huge stand-up comedy fan. I've gone and seen Kevin Hart twice. Um, I've seen, I've gone to, like, other smaller ones, and they've done, like, you know, just a bunch of comics come up. 
I have such a respect for stand-up comedy. Like, I think that their minds work so differently, and they see the world in such a different way, and they are able to articulate it in a funny way. Right. And, yeah. You know, watch some. I would love to see Dave Chappelle live. Like, hopefully, I get to see him one day, or Chris Rock. People like that who not only just are funny, but they make you think. And I think that that's a superpower. Be able to stand up in front of people and keep their attention on you for that long, and there's you're everybody's there to laugh. And the pressure that has to have on you, like I'm up here just talking, like and I got to make you laugh with my thoughts. I think that's an incredible talent. Stand-up comedy is one of the, my most favorite things to go see live. I, you know what? I, I, I totally agree, and I love how you articulated it in that way because you're right. There's so much that goes into it. People don't realize they, it's like they just get up there and they tell jokes. No, they, they it's about delivery. They got to practice you know, their method, and they got to go over and over again. There's no doubt about it. There is an art to that, and it's great, and that's why there's only a few that really – stand out and make a name for themselves. So Kevin Hart is definitely one of my favorites. Eddie Murphy goes back to one of my favorites. George Carlin, one of my favorites. Talk about a guy who made you think. Oh my God. I mean, he, he was, he was unbelievable, Nikki. So comedians, I'm all about it. Oh yeah. Um, I actually, I was going to put that on the list and I'm like, Oh, I bet you somebody's going to have it. But no, that's definitely one of my favorites. Actually last year, I just saw uh, Jerry Seinfeld in person and he was I know his humor is not for everybody. It's not just like the show, but he's great in person. Um, yeah, there's nothing like just going to a comedy show. And well, but you know what? You guys are right. It's not easy to stand up in front of people and talk. Like I know I have to do it for work. And let me tell you, just even giving a presentation is not always the easiest thing in the world to do. So to stand up there and get your thoughts out there, you know, it could either bomb or it could be great. So a lot of credit to comedians because that can't be easy. Absolutely, I'm with that all the way. I'm with that all the way. I do have uh, another negative one, but maybe I'll save that. A good one that's I don't know, kind of falls under the category, but. I love theme parks, amusement parks, roller coasters. I know that it's not like a live event where somebody's performing for you, but it's like the amusement park is performing for you. And you get to go on all these rides and do all these cool things. And with the way technology is now and they got things set up, you know, it could be a family event. It could be an event where you go with your friends and just get, you know, drunk and have a great time or whatever. But these amusement parks and theme parks are going on these cool rides. I'm down for it anytime it's one of my favorite things to do is, is stuff like that like i can go for it any day of the week so i'm not oh, not sure if that falls in the category damien but i like doing that no i love music parks i am a roller coaster head like i, I want to go <laughs> I wanna, oh, wow. yeah one of the things i want to do i want to go to um cedar park in ohio i hear they have like the fastest roller coasters in the world yes so that's one of my big things i want to do once we're able to do these things again. I definitely want to do that. I've been to Six Flags in Houston like probably five, six times. It was like a tradition for us to drive through laws to Houston every year nah. during the summer and go to Six Flags because um, we didn't have like a big time music park in New Orleans at the time. And I love that we did. We drove to San Antonio one year, which was like a nine hour drive just to go to their Six Flags. Yeah, I love music parks and roller coasters. I'm all about it. No doubt. No doubt. Nikki, they scare you or are you down with it? to that is so I have terrible I get very uh, motion sick air sick seasick car sick so 
it's fun, but like I can't do many of them, and I'm just thrown off for the rest of the day. I feel nauseous. So <laughs> oh. I want to like it. You know, it's really terrible. Like I have to always drive. I'm always car sick. Like you know, the turbulence is too much. I'm ready to just you know, that's it. Hit the bathroom. So it does suck. I want to like it. I want to be able to go on more, but I just physically, it just messes with me way too much. Nah, damn. Uh, that's too bad. Yeah, I'm sorry I know. to hear that. It's it's. I did a couple like couple roller coasters, that's it, a couple loops, and I am just like, mm, that's it, I'm done for the day. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I'll, sad. I'll tell you something that makes me sick, and it's it's my last one negative on live event themes. The hot dog eating contest is one of the grossest no, things I've ever seen in my no, freaking it's life. Disgusting. It's horrible. Why do they have to do that? I would never watch that. What, are you crazy? I would have I've never, I watched it once, and that's never again. That was like... 15 years ago. It won't ever happen again. I watched, no, we watched it last week because I feel like you have to. You, like, hate it so much. Like, uh, you no. can't look away. And, like, with every hot dog, they're just dipping in water. And just Stop. Stop. And you're watching in, like, oh. horror, amazement. You feel the stomach pain for them. Hot dogs are just, uh, bleh, bleh, you know. You know, you got to watch. You can't look away. No, these are all... So no, these are all experiences I don't want to have, and that's why it's on the bad <laughs> list right there. I, I'm cool with that. Like scary movies, what the hell do I want to be scared for? I want to have a good time. I don't want to see a scary movie. All right, jeez, get me out of there. All right, let's uh, get a. If you guys have one more each, if you want, we can throw that in there, and then we got knowledge with Nikki time. One, probably very fitting a football game a professional football game um yeah like watching the little kids <laughs> sometimes it's cute sometimes it can be torturous right but i know the argument is oh football is better at home and i agree especially if you know you live up here it's freezing cold in like december or something you don't really want to sit outside but i have because you know what dedicated fan that's what they do you want to talk about electricity when you're around your team um one of the games that stands out to me did end up going to brandon jacobs the last home game was there for his last touchdown I mean, it was just electric. Everybody went crazy. So, I mean, it's just nothing like going to the stadium and seeing your football team play. Look, I've been heartbroken. I've been I've been excited. I've just been distraught all over the spectrum. But I will always, always go to a Giants game no matter what. Hey, look, I, I'm a diehard football fan. Listen, I'll, go, I'll basically go see any football game anytime for the most part. But, yeah, sign me up for any 49er game. I'm there, Damien. Yeah, no, going to an NFL game is awesome. I like it as going as a visiting fan. Ah. A, few, a few times as I no longer live at home, when I see the Saints, I'm going as a visitor. And one of my favorite games I've ever been to was back when the Chargers were in San Diego. I was living in San Diego at the time. The Saints came to play the Chargers and the Chargers were dominating the game for three quarters and a half. And we were down by two touch, uh, 17 points with like five minutes left. And they fumbled the ball like three times in the last five minutes. So we came back and won. And wow. being able to be there chanting who that said they're going to beat them Saints watching Chargers fans walk out with their hands, their hands in their hands out of sadness <laughs> celebrating that stadium is one of the best things. So going to an NFL game as the opposing fan and your team win, oh, it's so awesome. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yep, yep, there's no doubt. That's a great call with that one. NFL football, 
Sign me up, like I said, man. I am down. Damien, you had one more? Um, for a live event, for me, um, going to the movies. Like, I think that yeah. it's something that you ain't not consider like a live event, but it's something that I do miss is just going to the movies, watching a really good movie, like a really good comedy or even a good drama. And you sitting there with your popcorn, you there with your with your significant other, and you're just having a good time watching this, watching this good movie. And now you got the recliner chair, you're super comfortable. And I, I love going to the movies. It's something that we used to do like at least once a week, like when we could do it. So going to the movies is a, a fun thing for me to do. Ah, that's very cool. Yeah, Nikki, I used to have traditions uh, with a few different people of going to the movies. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm a movie goer. Not I'm not everyone. I'm not like, oh, I have to go see every movie that there is that comes out. But uh, I enjoy the experience, Nikki. No doubt. No, I am not. I am not a movie person. Like my, my husband don't have to drag me, and half the time I'm like, why don't you just go? Like I'll go get a pedicure. Like I am just. <laughs> <laughs> We could probably do an entire show on classic movies that Nikki has not seen, and you guys would fall over. Oh, like, wow. Thing. I think they're just, like, predictable. I, I don't know. I mean, and I just can't with the popcorn, with that disgusting butter. I, so it's messy. It's <laughs> gross. You don't clean the floor. It's sticky. I, you know what? Just give me my couch. I like to binge, like, a really good show like Homeland. That's more my jam. Okay. All right. Look, to- I get it. I get it. <laughs> Damien to each their own. That's all. That's all. No big deal. Damien's a big movie goer. I'm in the middle, and Nikki just sits her ass on the couch and watches it on on you know rental or whatever DVR, Redbox, whatever the heck it is. No doubt. All right. Well, you know she spends her time doing other things like gaining knowledge, and she's got a lot of that. And uh, we're gonna do a little uh, knowledge, but Nikki has it be right now. You guys know the deal, how we do it over here. You guys know what goes on, what time it is. It is Jason versus Damien, and it has been back and forth basically every single week where Damien gets the win, I get the win. Maybe there's a tie in there somewhere, but it's a lot of fun. We have the opportunity to take the steal. Nikki spends her, her time on making great questions, really tough questions, which we love. Uh, Damien and I, so we are ready to go for you, Nikki. It is knowledge with Nikki time. It's my favorite part of the week, guys. All right, so before we came off for our show, I was listening to uh, ESPN New York and Anita Marks. I don't know if you guys ever hear her show. She's amazing. Yes. Um, she was talking about how the odds makers have the Ravens going 16-0 and this year. And I thought, isn't that interesting? Because the theme of this week is Vegas. And we are going to talk about betting and gambling odds. So are you guys ready? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds interesting. We have a couple fun questions. We have some bonus questions. And they're all football this week. Okay. Okay. I'm digging it. I'm digging it. All right. Whose turn is it okay. first this week? Uh, yeah, I don't remember. Where do we leave off? I think it's um, Jason's turn to go first. Well, okay then. The pressure is on. I'm ready for it. All right, Nikki, here we go. All right, I feel good. I think you guys are going to do good this week. All right, here we go. All right, Jason. To date, what is the largest point spread in NFL history? In any game ever? Mm-hmm. To date, yep. Wow, the largest point spread in any NFL game ever. So I need to name the point spread and the, the teams, basically? Yeah, yeah. 
Wow. The largest point spread ever. <sighs> it, is, it is fairly recent. I'll give you that. It's not like it's, you know, back, tw you know, 20 years or anything like that. Okay, so at least it's some it's sometime within the 2000s. I guess I get a hint on that one. Okay, all right. And it was, again, this is the question one more time real quick. I'm sorry. 2D, what is the largest point spread largest point in spread. NFL history? And I will tell all you, right. if you see me on steal, it is after 2010, so. It's after, okay, even after 2010. Well, I would say that it would have to be the New England Patriots, um, and I would say that the points, because I know certain point spreads have been really high. I would say that it was 31 points. Nope. No. Shit. Shoot. I meant shoot. All right, Damien, you can steal, I guess, huh? Yeah, I was, I'm going to go with New England against Miami. Well, not last year, but the year before last. 2018. No, I actually, I believe that was number two or three. Actually, number oh. one was 2013, week two, Broncos versus Jazz was 26.5, which is actually the number one largest point spread in NFL history. Oh. Okay. Okay. Makes sense when you think about that time, how bad the Jags were, how good the Broncos were. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that. that. cover ended 35-19. Wow. Interesting. Okay. All right. Good question. All right. All right. I'll take the L on that one. I'm ready for the next one, though. All right. Okay. Where am I? Okay. In the 2019 season, which team had the highest over record at 12 and 4, which is 75%? And last year, who had the highest. 12 and who had the highest record of 12 and 4? Oh, their, their highest over record. Yep, they went 12 and 4 at 75%. Okay, and, and going over in in the game? Go, like the point spread, going over the point spread? Yes. So in 2019, a team went 12 and 4, winning 75% of the total points in the amount of in the amount. I got to name that team. Okay, so uh, just, just to clarify one thing, is it the, is it their individual points for like they covered or the it was the total points in the game? Just their over, their over record total. I would have to say uh, I'd have to say the Ravens. Mm. I thought that too, but no. Maybe it was too easy of an answer. All right. I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. No. Believe no. it or not, it was Tampa Bay. Really? Oh. Wow. They, they, they did score a lot of points. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I was thinking from a different... All right. All right. Good question. Good question. Okay. Here we All go. Right, well, All right, well, finish out the top guess, five. You want to guess who was two, three, four, and five? With the hot, who, could, the highest over? Who came in second. All right, um, I would. This team came in second at sixty-eight point eight percent. I would say that would be. 
Well, I mean, we talked, we just said two. Is it one of the two that we named? <laughs> no. Okay, good, good. Then I'll say, uh, high scoring at, uh, New Orleans. Mm-mm. Mm. Good question, Nikki. Shoot. Yeah, this is tough. Um, is it New England? No, it is Carolina. Wow. Okay. Right, we'll move on to the last question. You guys ready? I'm ready. In 2019, speaking of the Chiefs, they went against the spread. Or- Covering 72.2%. Who came in at 66.7? Was that second place? Second place. Covering the spread, 67.7. Covering the spread? I would go with... I'm going to go... Hmm... I'm going to try to think a little outside the box over here and say the Texans. Uh, no. No. Okay. Can I have the question one more time, Nikki? Yep. In 2019, the Chiefs went 13-5-1 against the spread. They covered at 72.2%. Name the second team that came in at 66.7. I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings. No. It was actually the Rams. Ooh. Rams. All right. Would have had to thought about that. Yeah, they went 9-7 and seven last year, I think. Okay. All right. 0 for 3. 0 for 3. Oh. All right, Damien. Are you ready? Uh, not sure. <laughs> Yep. It was. That's yep. right. Why can't you give me that question? I knew that one. <laughs> oh, God. I feel a steal okay, coming. Okay, here's, I have a bonus for that one. How long did it take before they, they topped it? So how long did it take before they topped it? Yeah, how long did it take? You mean how far into the game? Yeah. Oh, uh, that was... They were at 70 by when? Oh, they were at 70 pretty early. I'll go by right. maybe midway through the third quarter. Yeah, I believe there was like two or three minutes left in the third. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. All right, so All right. what do you have? You got your second question now, right? Yeah, we're at the second question. All right. In 2019, five teams finished with an over-under percentage of 50%. Can you name them? Wow. Uh, is it with an over under of 50%? Yep, they all tied. And this is last year? Yep. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys? Nope. Mm-hmm. So the question was one more time, so I can hopefully get a steal. <laughs> In 
Mm. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I love it. In 2019, in the 2019 season, five teams tied and finished with an over-under percentage of 50%. Can you name those five teams? It is not the Dallas Cowboys. So you mean these five, what, five teams that went eight and eight? 50%. 50%. Okay, this sounds interesting. Um, uh, eight and eight. I went eight and eight last year. I'm just trying to be lot. Oh my god, eight and eight. Damien, you got anybody else you want to throw out there? I'll throw in um. Over under percentage of fifty percent. Yeah, over under percentage of fifty percent. That's what Super Cup took to guess that. Browns. Yeah. <laughs> There's three more if you want to try for it. You did mention them before. You mentioned them before. Yeah, you guys have. Yeah, you mentioned them. Mentioned them earlier. Cowboys. Nope. Vikings. Yes. Yeah, that's. I thought Vikings. Were there two more? Two more. Um. Panthers. Damien? And another? Uh, I would go with Falcons. Nope. All right. Well, what were the last? What was it? One more or two more? What were, what were the last two? two? More. What were they? It is the Washington Redskins and the 49ers. No. I always forget about Washington. Like, I forget they're a team. <laughs> <laughs> Hearing something yeah. about this? What? No, I said I'm. No, I'm sorry, Damien. Go ahead. I'm gonna go with six. No. Steal. I think it was something a little. Just like ten. Very close. Well, eleven. Thirteen. Oh, really? That many? I knew it was a lot, but wow. Okay, that's a lot. Well, Sure did. <laughs> yes, you did. Most certainly did. Damien, Damien's got the lead, and he took it in the. The statistician category. I love it. Oh, all right, Nikki. Once again, come, I don't know where you get these questions from. That's tough to even come up with. That I give you points on that alone. Good job. All right. All right, so stats alone just did poof. That was tough. That was tough. I'm not going to lie. All right, well, we got a couple of minutes left over here, guys. So if we have any uh, parting shots for the crowd, 
before we uh before we take off over here. But I know we got so many categories left that we wanted to get into. Getting higher, baby, dinner fight club. There was so many, but unfortunately, we only got a couple of minutes left over here. I gave you one of my unpopular opinions today, and I don't know. Let me I'll try to throw a dinner fight club at you really quickly, if I possibly could. Well, let me go quarterbacks. What would you do if you had Joe Burrow, Tua Tungavailoa, and Justin Herbert? Oh, wow. Well, I would say I'm going to take Joe Burrow. Uh, I, I want to go out with him to dinner because I want to see if he's really old enough where we can order an alcoholic beverage. That's number one. <laughs> Tua Tungavailoa. Right? That's as I'm saying. You know, I think Tua people know who he is, so hanging with him at a club would be fun. And Justin Herbert is 6'6", 240. So I think that pretty much says it right there. Let him back me up in a fight, Nikki. I'll, I'll take that one. I'll, I'll go with that. Yeah, I don't know much about them. But you know what? You are a smart man. I will roll with those. <laughs> roll with that. <laughs> who gets – Damien, give me a higher total. Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Donald sacks or Sam Donald touchdown passes? Ah, okay. What about you, Nikki? What was it? Aaron Donald touchdown. What did you say? Sam Donald touchdown passes or Aaron Donald uh, sacks? Yeah, I think I'm going to go the same way with you guys. Damien, I'm sorry. You know, last minute you had something over here, bro. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no. For the dinner club fight, I was going to go two of a dinner club with Joe Burrow and fight with Trevor. Yeah, he's a big dude. Throw it in fast. Yeah, throw it in. All right. I got the Manning edition. Archie Manning, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning. Oh, my God. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Archie to back me up in a fight because I feel like he's old school. All right. Um, I I feel like Eli is super nice and he made a whole lot of money. So let him take me out to dinner. And Peyton at the club. I just need to see him in an environment like that and see what he acts like. <laughs> I agree. I, I will go out three those. <laughs> yeah, me too. Interesting one. All right. I like it. Hey, we got a lot more for you guys coming up next week. This is Third and Three podcast. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend. Everybody, third and three for Nikki, Damian, and Jason. Let's say peace. Bye. Peace. Later, everyone. Third and three, we out.